Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. to God. I think we, we need more overnighters. <laughs> I'm like, no, there's definitely a, a shift. Maybe you came in today and um, you're like, wait, it looks different. They changed the chairs. But it's like we're really feeling a shift. We're feeling like change, like there's something that's going to look different. It's going to be different. That's why two weeks ago it was a plane wall. Now we have streamer. I mean, my birthday came. I'm like, keep them up. I like the colors. I just, it, I've been to, um, I've been to a, a location uh, out in Parrish, Florida, and they um, did the Feast of Tabernacle. And when I went in there, it was just colors everywhere. You know, it looks like the kingdom of heaven. And when they put the streamers up and stuff, it just reminds me of that. The house of God is colorful. Um, in eternity, in heaven, I mean, you don't believe me, go to the book of Revelation. And let me tell you about the foundations of that city. You know, the city of God has 12 foundations. In the natural realm is the foundation of the 12 apostles. But in heaven, you know what it looks like? It looks like a city on top of 12 foundations. And each foundation is a precious stone. So imagine, you know how beautiful a ruby is? A little one, right? Like a little one is beautiful. A little amethyst is so beautiful. A little turquoise is so beautiful. A little diamond is so beautiful. And even when the light hits that teeny tiny diamond, right, it shines. Now imagine a whole city. A city. Like look at that pillar and it has all those colors like that. Imagine a city whose foundations are, the city is so big. It's okay. She's just riding her horse. Let her ride her horse in glory. Yes, go ahead. I see you on your horse. You see the city, but I see you on your horse. It's okay. We're in the same place. <laughs> I'm just standing still. She's running around the whole city. Go run. <laughs> God revealed it to me. I've, I've seen all you guys in the kingdom. She, she gets a horse. Why does she get a horse? I don't know, but she has one. <laughs> and that's what God's given her. It's her gift. It's what she does. And in the natural realm, she really loves horses. And she performs, and she's done that. That's her experience. So when God takes her to spirit, that's what she sees. I'm a jester. I look like a preacher in earth, but in the kingdom of heaven, I'm a jester. You don't believe me. Go to my dreams. You don't believe me. Go to heaven. You're going to be like, oh, my God, Abraham really was a jester that whole time? He looked like a preacher on earth. You know what a jester does? Hey, you don't believe me? Let me show you my iPad. Why would a grown man, 40-something years old, 44 now, would sit here drawing visions and drawing dreams? And a 44-year-old believes something so ridiculous as, I'm a jester in the kingdom of heaven. Why would somebody in the right mind even say that? Why would somebody in the right mind sit here and color that and paint that? Why would a man that was in the club drinking and smoking and sleeping around have an encounter with the living God, Jesus himself, and all of a sudden starts to draw? 
all of a sudden, what I heard in heaven, God said, you will draw. It's like, what? I don't even know how to draw. What the point is? What's the point of me drawing? I'm supposed to preach to the nation. I'm supposed to prophesy something. I'm supposed to win souls for heaven. And the Lord says, you will draw. What? Draw? What am I going to do with drawing? Well, I got the answer now. Let's go back all the way to January 7, 2011. On January 8, 2011, around 3 o'clock in the morning, the voice of the Lord came into my room. And he says, I am Alpha and Omega, beginning and end, the first and the last. And you, you will draw. I literally was like, now I just heard the most ridiculous thing I could have ever heard. I must be crazy. And he says, draw right now. And I drew stick figures. He's like, draw what you saw. Stick figures. And then my first church I went to, back to church, I took my stick figures. And I showed people the stick figures. I was like, this is what I saw. I tried to draw it as best as I could. And I wept and I cried. And I told the Lord, this is ugly. This doesn't even make sense. He says, I'll teach you. And then a few years later, he takes me to the glory. And then I come back. I'm like, ah, I can't. I, I, it's too much. I'm not going to remember what I see. I'm not going to remember the details. I want to remember the details. And the Lord says, draw your stick figures. And next to each section, just put the color you saw. So I was like, ah, this is ugly. So then I would draw like a stick figure flying through the stars. And I'll put blue there, yellow there, and arrows. Okay, the stars are yellow. So I'll put an arrow, yellow, yellow. I'm going to be a blue ribbon, blue, sky blue, for years. Drawing sketches, ugly little sketches, and putting words next to them. Blue, red, yellow, colors. Lord, this is ugly. This doesn't even make sense. I'm showing it to people. It don't make sense. He's like, don't worry about it. I told you I'm going to teach you to draw. I'm going to teach you to color. And then little by little, he said, pick up a canvas. I don't know how to paint. I've never painted a day in my life. Pick a canvas. Get colors, paint. And I first drew my first painting. It's not perfect. It's not Picasso. It's Abraham. And it's perfect the way that it is. Because it's my expression of what I know. Not what I think he has shown me. Of what I know he has shown me. Not of what I believe. Of what I know. And little by little, the Lord said, add details. So I started adding the details to the colors. And then he said, now next to that color, put a little lighter color. And this is how you shade. And this is how you're going to make it a little bit more dimensional. Instead of going in a straight line, draw the lines this way. Instead of just drawing them this way. And, do, and then put some darker colors on this side. Then put some darker colors on that side. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at my art. And it's like, it almost looks like it goes in now. Now it looks dimensional. And then he just kept telling me, now get an iPad. Now, take pictures of the pictures you drew the, 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 with the colors. Take a picture of it. And now color the colors and fill it in. You remember when you did fill in and you were little? He's like, color per number. God was making me do that. Ridiculous. <laughs> awesome. And I started coloring. I'm going to show you. This is where he's taking me. This is where I'm going. I thought I was going to preach about gathering the empty vessels, but this is where I'm going. And I think it's going to connect somehow. Give me one second.
You could bless him. You could praise him. You could magnify him. You can just say, thank you, Lord. You could do a lot right now. You could look out over somebody and smile. He's showing me. I'm going to show you the gesture first before I go and continue with my story. Okay, I'll show you this one. Just a quick view. You see the little gesture right about here? <laughs> That's me. Okay? I'm not ashamed. You know what? I'm proud of the gift God's given me. I'm proud that at least I could capture an idea of the dreams he has shown me. He took, he took me to heaven, and I was a jester, and I got to hold his robe. And my whole desire when I get to heaven is not to be a king. My sole desire when I get to heaven that I'm that jester. I'm like, please, Lord, I don't want my own castle. I need to live with you. Maybe they want their own castle, but Lord, me, put me in your pocket. People are like, what? I was like, Lord, I want to live in your pocket. Like, when I get to heaven, where you go, I will follow. <laughs> you know, like, like, put my mansion in your pocket, and I'll live right there. <laughs> and I know it sounds wild. It's like, what is this guy thinking or saying? I'm like, no, I know that he loves me. I already know there's nothing I ever want but my king. And I know those dreams, those visions, one day I will step into them. I will step into the reality of what it is. Even when it doesn't make sense to the natural mind, I am fully convinced that this is what the Lord um, has for me. I'm going to show you my other jester picture. And then we'll leave the jester alone. I mean, when I look at you guys, I see kings and queens. I really do. When I prophesy something over you, it's because I see it. And because I see it, I believe it. And because I believe it, I speak it. And there's those things he's put in my heart to speak. Things that you never thought about. The things you never dreamed about. The things you never even prayed about. Like, Lord, show me who I'm in heaven. I mean, I know you guys do. I know. But other places, when I was in other churches, I didn't even know what that was until God started taking me there. And I'm like, wait, I'm in heaven? My family's in heaven? My family's in eternity? I saw my mom and dad. They're still alive. But I already saw them in eternity. And I couldn't understand why would God show me that my mom and dad are in heaven. And my dad says, well, how do you, I don't understand how you're here. And he says, well, that's what, I, that's what God is trying to show you. What is God trying to show me? He goes, we already saved. I'm like, what? We already seated in heavenly places. God told me that before I heard Kayla, before I heard Tracy, before I heard the resting place. Years before, in 2014, God told me we were seated in heavenly places. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm losing my mind. I'm crazy. I, th I think I saw myself in heaven, and I saw my mom and dad in heaven, but they're not dead. They're alive. I'm like, what is this? Because God already knows the eternity is not going to begin when you die. Eternity began before you were born. Just because you came from here and here and you're living here doesn't mean all of this doesn't exist. Just because you can't see it, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Eternity's happening. Eternity was happening before you were born and eternity's going to happen after you're gone. And you'll be there. And this is me from my dream. <laughs> I told you. 
I know it sounds a little bit ridiculous that a grown man would be like, I'm a jester. I will draw and sit there and draw it. But I believe it. I believe it. And I know. I asked the prophet. I was like, are you a real prophet? I need to find out. God took me to heaven. And I saw myself as a jester. And I saw everybody else as king. I saw everybody I had ever met and every, every, everybody I was going to ever meet. And it was a huge ballroom, like a Cinderella kingdom ballroom. And I saw all you guys there with your beautiful dresses. And I was next to the throne just standing there like, I'm like, oh, my God, I see them all. My mom was there. My dad was there. Everybody was there. And then I got to go behind the throne. There was a door. And when I go through the door... It was the, uh, the king's secret chamber. And I just saw the king from behind with his crown. And when he turns around, he was like, Abraham. I was like, Jesus. And he's like, help me with my robe. <laughs> and he put on his robe. And then I was holding his robe like this. And he was like really big, though. <laughs> and I'm really little. And I'm just holding his robe like, yes, yes. This is what I want to do for heaven. I want to hold this robe forever. I will always tell the Lord, Lord, if, if we get to heaven and we're items, can I be a pillow? I want to be your pillow. I want you to lay your head on me. You know, people say different things. They envision themselves. Well, if I'm, the, if I'm in heaven, I would like to be a cup. <laughs> so I, I, the Lord could drink from me. Or people say different things, and I'm like, I need to be the pillow. I'll wait all day long so you come and rest on me, almighty king. Why not? And it sounds wild. <laughs> but it's so beautiful. So I asked this prophet, which was Tracy. She was here yesterday giving us the prophetic activation, which is, oh, man, so good to learn how to interpret what you see in the eternal realm. Because earth, all this for me, is the metaphor. Spirit realm is illiteral, right? So some people read the Bible, and on earth take it literal, and they create all these cults. They create all these religious systems that are not because they didn't interpret it in its real context, right? So these words are spirit. Jesus said, these words are spirit. So let's see what it, God is saying in the spirit. And ha then see how that translates or interprets into human time metaphor, right? And then we understand what he's been telling us. Even when we read the spiritual things of eternity, then we could relate them into time. See, a lot of people don't know that. So they're creating crazy stuff a lot of people don't know his voice so they're reading the bible they don't know god's tone they don't know god's voice so they create this christianity that shames they create this christianity that puts hurt people enslaves people divides people religions and denominations that are racist hateful but that's not who he is so we need to know his character we need to know who he is we need to know his voice we need to know his tone because you see, a lot of people want to be sweet to the hypocrites and mean to the hurt. But Jesus was the opposite. Jesus was straightforward, bold with the Pharisees. And some Pharisees, you got to look at them in the face and rebuke them. Be like, that is a lie of the devil. You're taking the word of God and you're giving it a wicked, evil twist. And I will not sit here and be humble about it. This is humbleness. Standing for what's right. Standing for what's true. Let anything that tries to arise itself before the knowledge of God come down. Let it topple to the ground because my God is loving and kind. But some people want to be kind to the religious mean ones. 
and the poor sinful souls that need salvation, we kick them. We hurt them. No, drive out the wolves and lead in the sheep. The wolves took over churches a long time ago. Before our generation, before our parents' generation, before our great-great-great-grandparents' generations, the church was being killed. But the enemy knew the word of God. So if we get a hold of the word of God, we'll control the people. We'll manipulate the people. We'll kick the hurting ones out, which really the hurting ones out are the ones of the Lord. You know why? Because the Lord says, I came looking for that which is lost. He didn't come looking for that which is found. So the lost are scattered, but he's coming for them. And the ones that took over, that are hurting people, they have to repent. And for those that repent, there is salvation. And for those that don't, they already condemn. You repent when you believe. You repent when you believe. It's that easy. So I don't force people to repentance because a lot of people be like, oh, fine, I'll repent. But they don't repent. They're only getting me off their back. They only want me to leave them alone. But those that, man, I love the streets. Because I know, man, I, people, you just do one good accident. I repent of my sin. Can I tell you everything wrong I've done? I'm like, I just bought you a slice of pizza, bro. I just told you Jesus loves you and gave you a hug, and now you're releasing. But that's how the power of God works. I don't have to convince you to confess. I don't have to convince you. If I have to convince you, then it's not the Holy Spirit. But it's the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, for it is a benefit to you that I leave. For when I leave, I will send over a friend, a comforter that will lead you to all truth. And one of the things, he does three things. Convicts of righteousness, convicts of sin, and convicts that Jesus Christ is coming back again. So you know when people repent? When they're convicted through the Holy Spirit. At that moment, all I do is come around people, tell them the goodness of God. Let me tell about Jesus. Let me tell you what he's done in my life. Let me tell you. You want to you wanna preach? You want to teach? You want to lead others to Jesus Christ? Give your testimony. The last thing, you could go, we could go tour Tampa right now and stand in every church. And you know the last thing you're going to hear? Testimonies. We're going to get the three songs. We're going to get the offering announcement because you know we need the offering. But how about the spiritual offering? When you testify. When you tell the world about the goodness of God. Yeah, we go, oh, glory be to God. You know that you saying glory be to God is not glory? When you open your mouth and you give the world the story of what God's done in your life, you're giving God glory. Because now, oh, glory be to God, glory be to God, glory to God for what? What do you mean glory be to God? What has God done? I'm depressed, suicidal. I'm going through this. I'm going through bondage. I was raped, molested, abused, kicked out of the church. And you're telling me I need to believe in God? You're telling me I need to testify? I mean, I need to believe what? Because you're not testifying. But when the church, yes, I know exactly what church. I'm in the club. I got drunk last night. I hooked up. I did this. I was smoking weed. I was smoking drugs. I was shooting up. I was hiring a prostitute. And you're telling me I need to praise God. You're telling me I need to bless God. You're telling me I need to believe in God. Believe in God for what? You know, when people believe in God is when you open your mouth, you have to be unashamed. 
if you're still ashamed of your testimony, if you're ashamed of your story, then how can you give him glory? Oh, well, the Bible says in Abraham and Jacob and Isaac and Mary and Moses and Peter, but what about you? You know, the whole world knows the Bible. What the world needs to know is that the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of Moses, the God of, of Israel, the God of, of, of Ezekiel, the God of, I, of, of Isaiah, the God of Mary, the God of Samson is still coming into people's lives. That God is still coming into people's lives in this day and age. That God is still actively healing and restoring souls right now. And the only way that people will know is when we walk on a shame. When we simply say, I know, man, I could keep it. You know what the devil tells you? The devil tells you, you're not good enough. The devil's telling you, you're not bold enough. The devil tells you, you can't sing good enough. The devil tells you, you're crazy, anxious, you're never going to make it. The devil says, get out of the church because you're not good, you're not understood. The devil tells you, your family's going to fail. The devil's going to tell you, oh, nobody wants to hear those songs. Because he wants you quiet, 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 he wants you quiet. He doesn't want your story to be exposed. Because your story is exposing the power of God. So when we become unashamed, let me tell you something. God is not ashamed of you. 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 God is not ashamed of you, and God is not ashamed of you. God is not ashamed of you. God is not ashamed of you. Definitely not ashamed of you. He's not ashamed of you. 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 And brother, he's not ashamed of you. He's not ashamed. So if we're walking on in shame. That's a lie. He already paid the price. So we should walk in boldness. When I gave my testimony, I'm telling you this is from my life experience. For seven years I was living life thinking I had HIV. 1997, I got a call from the U.S. Health Department telling me I slept with someone that tested positive. I was suicidal. I didn't even want to know. If I'm dying, let me die. It was all the way. I wasn't in church. Then by 2000, by 98, God told me he loved me. I received a little bit of love, but I was still, no, he might be, he might be playing with my feelings. You know, because people play with your feelings. So you think God's going to do to you what your pastor did to you? You think your, your God's going to do to you what the ex did to you? You think God's going to do what your family did to you, what your father did to you? And God's like, no, I'm not like your father. I'm not like your old pastor. I'm not like your family. I'm not like your friends. I made up my mind about you, and I love you. And that's what God did with me. So even though I was going back and forth, the lies that I was going to die, the lies that I was not loved, the lies that I was not going to make it, kept me doing this. And the further I went with God, the further I fell into the world. And the deeper I ran to God, the faster I ran to the world. Because I couldn't believe that God loved me. Because I thought God was like everybody else. So he started gently revealing his love. It didn't come all at once. I'm already crazy. With the little moments that he's exposed. Imagine he would have thrown it all at once. I would have died. Like, woof, take me now. But he started taking me to the glory. 
he got it revealed. He started, and he's going to seduce you in love, but then he's going to send you to fight that battle. He's not going to leave that battle. Oh, you ran away from your old home. You ran away from your old church. You ran away from your old city, and you think God's not going to take you back? Not now. Don't worry. It's not now because he's good and faithful. He's going to prepare you first. He's going to put that armor on you first. He's going to heal you first. He's going to fill you up with so much love first. Oh, but God just said, I'm going to be a prophet to the nations. Relax. It's not right now. It's not now. Don't break your head, bro. He's like, oh, my God, I don't even pray that much. Jesus, I don't even read the Bible that much. I don't know that many Bible verses. How can I recite? Through the Holy Spirit. Because <laughs> he's the one that fills your mouth. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> So he's taking you through the process. You're going to be like, what? He goes, now go. I used to tell God, I'll never go back to those churches. He's like, one day you will. I'm going to seduce you with so much love. You're not even going to just walk over there. You're going to prance over there like, yep, I'm coming. <laughs> oh, I've done it. I skipped down the street going to my enemy's church. The very people that hurt me. God had me skipping. I'm coming with good news. I said I'm never going to come back, but I've encountered the love of God. So here I come. <laughs> They're looking at me like, oh, he's going to shoot us. He must have a gun in his Bible. He's going to pull it out and bang, bang, bang. I'm like, no, you know what I'm coming with? I'm coming with the sword of the spirit. And I'm going to cut, not you, but I'm going to cut the chains that kept you bound. Hell, I know it sounds like I'm giving a funny story, but I'm telling you, I'm releasing glory. I know I'm releasing glory. So for years, I was going back and forth. And it took, and then finally by 2000, I gave my heart to Jesus. And I finally decided to get grounded in a church. Right? Many times we wanted to run away. And then when I was doing really good in that ministry, let me tell you, that's where I met Ralphie. I was his youth leader. I was the president of youth ministry. We were in fire, glory. God baptized all those kids with the Holy Spirit. I'm like, oh, I'm in the prime of my ministry. And then God says, pack up your bags. You're going back up north. I'm sending you back to your Egypt. What? No, Lord, don't send me back. I'm in the prime. People got upset because you're leaving the ministry in its prime. Hey, if you're even in a church and you got to go, leave it in its prime. Don't leave when it's broken in your hand. Leave when God says, hey, it's time to go. Leave it at the peak of glory. Leave it at the place of honor, even though they hurt you, and let go. You won't get hurt if you leave when God says. Now, if you don't leave when God says, you get hurt. Sorry, I learned my lesson. <laughs> God told me right now, hey, tell Caleb you got to go. I'm going to be like, guys, I love you so much. But the Lord just spoke, and I, he said, I got to go. And I'll leave it at his prime. And I know that from its prime, it's going to become primer. It's going to go to another level. But if I'm stubborn, this is my church, and nobody's going to take it away from me, and I'm going to be here forever, then all of a sudden, everything dies out. When the season is over, let it go. It's the best advice I can give. Anyways, let's go back. It wasn't until 2002, God says, move back to New Jersey. Two years after that, 2004, I'm in church. Oh, God, I give you glory. Oh, God, I give you glory. Oh, God, the worship was good. And God said, if you want to give me glory, give your story. Why will you do that to me? If I give my story, they're going to take you away from me. Line number one has to go down. That's why God had to put me through that. 
Because he's like, you're about to find out that the whole church can come against you, but I will never leave you. You're going to about find out, you're about to find out your mother and your father can leave you, but I will never forsake you. Your children can leave you. Your wife can leave you. Your church can leave you. But God will never leave you. So I had to learn that lesson. So you see, giving God glory now developed this story. Because I needed to find out that in the fire, he was my God. That in deep waters, he was my God. In the darkness, my God. In light, my God. Mountain, my God. Valley, my God. Ocean depth, my God. Top of the waves, my God. Sinking or flying, my God. In the cave or in the field, he's my God. And he's faithful to me even when I'm unfaithful to him. That's my God. And then after he said, if you want to give me glory, you got to give your story. Then he said a second word. And he said, he said, I told Peter, come. I tell you, go. Go get tested. Because for seven years, I thought I had HIV. I was quiet. I was afraid. I thought I was going to die. So that's why I could never want to go to church. That's why I never wanted to be in ministry. Because the devil used to tell me, why are you going to be in ministry? You know you're about to die. And you're going to break their hearts. So might as well not be in ministry. And you won't hurt them. Because the devil is a liar. He's a bully. You ever been bullied? He's a bully. He's evil. And he wants to make you feel like you're weaker than, and you're not weak, you are strong. He wants to make you feel like your story is not good enough. And God needs you to know that your story is powerful. But if he keeps your mouth quiet, all those people won't hear about God because you're the only one chosen to get those people. Nobody else is going to get them because they were assigned to you. Just like when a soldier is sent to a nation or when soldiers go out to war and somebody gets hurt and that person's the runner, right? They got to go find them and no man left behind. And you don't know that on your life there's a call that God says no man left behind. You forgot that you're on a mission on earth. You forgot that you're about to save some souls. But I don't know who they are, but when the time comes, God will reveal to you who they are. I found you. You found me. I don't know how it happened, but you're here right now. So you are part of the army of God. You might be living as a mother. You might be living as a wife. You might be living as a teacher. You might be living as a doctor. You might be living as a nurse. But that is not your calling. That's the role you play in this world. The whole world's a stage. And all the men and women are merrily players. You're playing your part. And God allowed you to live your part until now. Now God says, I'm calling you. And that's the voice. What you've been hearing in the middle of the night that's been stirring you is the call of God. Because God says, it's your time. Because God said, it's your season. You've lived life doing what you've been doing. And you could still do it. But now you realize you have a calling. So now everything that you're going to do, you're going to do unto the Lord. And everywhere you go, you're going to go unto the Lord. And everything you say, you're going to say unto the Lord. Because you're going to see the Lord in all of them. And when you take care of them, you're taking care of me. And when you pray over them, you're praying over me. And when you're feeding them, you're feeding me. When you love them, you're loving me. Thus says the Lord. Hallelujah. Because that's who you are. There's going to be a new air about you. 
But you're walking in a little bit more confidence. What's going on? Be like, oh, I found out I'm from an army. I found out I'm on a mission. Oye, pero tú has cambiado. Tú estás gozosa. Es que tú no sabes lo que sé yo. You don't know what I know. Oh, I have destiny. You think I'm a pastor? You think that's my calling? <laughs> my calling was to meet you. God took me to heaven. He showed me the computer of earth, and he showed me all the pictures of other people. He goes, you can't come back yet. I know you want to come back. I'm like, Lord, I want to stay. He's like, I want you to go. He goes, you look, when you get them all, you're going to come back, and we'll be like this together forever. I'm like, all right, Captain, let's go. Let's find these souls. You think, you think I'm just trying to make the resting place famous? You think I'm trying to make people popular or you better walk in this calling because you better? No, 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 no. I've seen the glory of God. I was told by Jesus that I was on earth on a mission to find his other warriors. So guess what I'm doing? I'm finding warriors. Some warriors, they ride horses. Yes, come on. Some warriors play instruments and drums some warriors wave flags some other warriors carry swords some other warriors have arches and bows okay there's all type of warriors in the army of God oh I don't fit in yeah you don't and I'm glad you don't because you're unique because that's is what's happening God is raising up the army you're like oh but I was the last one exactly Though he takes the foolish to confine the wise. You're like, wait, I'm the fool. I'm last. He's like, he chooses the last so they could be first. He takes the rejected and he makes them accepted. He finds you in darkness but brings you to marvelous light. This is what's happening. So yes, you. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> the funny thing is I see you for real. <laughs> You're like, but I'm shy and I'm quiet and nothing's going to happen. Yeah, right, you crazy warrior, you knocking down gates. Come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> Why would God show me you knock down gates if you don't knock down gates? You just don't know that you don't knock down things. Well, I already know. I already went in. I'm like, oh, that's her. Let me tell her who she is. Hey, you are knocking down walls. This guy's a prophet. got chills all over my body when I saw you. I didn't even. Let me tell you something. While you were releasing the word of God, God was ministering to your house. Okay? A word of God was being released over her. And you caught fire. And you're over here releasing fire and healing. And the Lord says that as you take care of my house, I will take care of your house. As you take care of my people, I will take care of your people. When the door is open, do what God has called you to do and don't even fear for your family because they're coming along because this is going to be family ministry, okay? Don't fear, for fear is not your portion. The Lord is telling you, you have no idea how many men are going to come to you for family advice. They're going to see your family as such an amazing example But what are you doing to raise those kids? But what are you doing that your wife loves you so much? Oh, my God. What is going on with you guys? And you're going to be like the glory of God. 
and I do exactly what God tells me to say and I go where God tells me to go and his faithfulness is just going layer by layer by layer by layer men are coming and women are coming you guys are going to lead so many people I'm telling you don't be afraid when the moment comes and don't break your hat now don't break your head I know people start thinking like but, 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 but. no no but Jeremiah Jeremiah don't say you're just a boy <laughs> don't say you don't know how to speak Moses don't say that <laughs> but their faces are like rocks don't say that you will say what I tell you to say and you will go where I tell you to go I'm going to make you speak it's okay the hand of the Lord will come upon you and you won't even know what you said <laughs> you don't know what you said and you won't know what you said <laughs> you'll be listening to the audios <laughs> People are going to get rocked. <laughs> There's going to be fire coming from this guy. Woo! Jesus, I can't wait to sit in one of those gatherings. <laughs> I'm going to sit there, bro. <laughs> the day's going to come and I'm going to sit there watching him minister. Yes! Come on! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah, provoking God. I hope you know that. You've been provoking God. <laughs> Oh, God, I want your glory. Oh, God, use me. He's like, you're provoking me. <laughs> you're provoking him. He's like, I'm about to get to. He's like, God, touch me. She's like, he's looking at me. He's like, she don't even know what she's asking for, Abraham. I'm like, I'll go hit her. Hit her, Lord, hit her. <laughs> he's going to go boom on you. The quiet one is going to be the loudest one. I'm telling you, you're going to be loud. Loud. And not just like obnoxious loud. You're going to be so loud about the king. This is how your evangelism is going to explode because you're such a powerful evangelist. And it's just going to, it's, it's, it's already intense. So I don't want to take away from your intensity because you have a powerful intensity, but it's stepping into a whole different realm. It's going to, it's going to, and it's already happening. It's like, it's like, like this guard that you had up is starting to break. And it was like, no, it's because I used to love and I got hurt in the church and in ministry. They almost, this guard went up and it's cracking. The pressure of glory, the water's rushing so hard towards that rock. You know, if you put, a, I see a rock, and I see a drop of water constantly hitting that rock. You know what it's doing? It's piercing the rock. The water is piercing it. He's like, I'm doing it gently. I'm coming in slowly, but as it cracks, it's going to come in like a river. Because it's been built, the drops have been falling into your heart, right? And it's been like behind the heart, building up. And it's cracking, it's cracking. And when it cracks, it's going to be like... Who was that? That was the that was that was the girl back there in church, so quiet, and she like we just broke out in tornadoes of fire. What what happened? And he's gonna be like, Whoa, I feel glory. And so much that's been held back and reserved, God said, I'm unleashing it. It's gonna be unleashed. You have so many gifts, so many talents, so many writings that have been put away. And it's almost like, when will I share this? And God says, You'll know. Because you're not even going to think about it. You're not even going to realize that you just started sharing it. You're like, let me pull this out. And let me show you these photos. And let me show you these th pictures. And let me show you. And let me show And like all of a sudden, everything you stacked away, you're just going to be so happy. Because God's bringing the people that are going to appreciate the treasure that God gave you. That's what I see. Hallelujah. This is today, I'm telling you, I feel like, like everything we are doing from going to the streets, from evangelizing, from getting the people to pray all night, 
for getting the people into intercession and prayer and worship, from strategizing and involving people, glory is breaking out. It's breaking out. And it has to go slow because we don't have the capacity for the explosion. But it's, you're being transformed. And when the big flow of people come, because this is not going to be forever, guys. I'm telling you, I don't want big, but it's going to be big. It's, so many hungry are going to come. Like starving people. Like, we're hungry. And we're going to have to be like, feed them, feed them, water. We, I see us like in a line, and it's like napkin, <laughs> robe, water, fruit. And they're just like, and, they, and right through the place they come, they go. It's, people are not going to come to stay. People are going to come to go. They're going to be infused with fire, infused with glory, and they're going to go. And only in t in t outside of time, in space and eternity, God will then reveal all those people we met. All those souls that got touched. And then we're going to sit there forever listening to their stories. They're like, yeah, after I met you guys and we went to the resting place off Tampa campus, oh, my God, I moved to Africa and then a thousand people got saved. And then this other person is going to be like, oh, my God, I went to Poland and a revival broke out in Poland. And I went to this place in, in eternity. Don't expect all the rewards here. Know that you're building up treasures that cannot be corrupted. Treasures that are incorruptible, immortal. Treasures that the moth and the worm cannot eat away. You are building treasures, my child. You are building treasures, my child. You are building treasures so even on earth where you don't see results, do not faint. Do not grow weary for you have been found faithful. You think your tears have not been done, done anything? Oh, your tears on earth fall to the ground and dissipate. But your tears in the spirit fly unto eternity, carrying prayers, carrying prayers before the throne of God. And I, you are here right now to hear this word. You've been found faithful. I know some of you are playing lists. Oh, I can see it in the minds. Oh, but I messed up here. I messed up there. And yesterday I messed up and I lied and I got mad and I got upset and I offended that person. Stop the list. You're forgiven. Stop thinking about it. You're forgiven. You're learning and growing. It's not being held against you. It's not. The old has passed away. Receive the new. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.